Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Hello and welcome back to New Books in Latino Studies. I'm David James Gonzalez, the host of today's podcast, and I am pleased to have Deborah Vargas, Nancy Raquel Mirabal, and Lawrence LaFontaine Stokes with me to discuss their new book, Keywords for Latino Studies, published by NYU Press in 2017. Deborah Vargas is Henry Rutgers' term chair in comparative sexuality, gender, and race at Rutgers, the State University of New Jersey in New Brunswick. She is the author of Dissonant Divas uh, in Chicana Music, The Limits of La Onda. Nancy Raquel Mirabal is Associate Professor in the American Studies Department and Director of the U.S. Latino Studies Program at the University of Maryland in College Park. She is the author of Suspect Freedoms, The Racial and Sexual Politics of Cubanidad in New York, 1823-1957. to and of course, last but not least, uh, Lawrence LaFontaine Stokes is Associate Professor of American Culture, Romance Languages, and Women's Studies at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. He is the author of Queer Ricans, Cultures and Sexualities in the Diaspora. All right. Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome back. Uh, welcome to New Books in Latino Studies. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for having, having us. Well, I've, it, it's definitely fun to have us all connected now. So uh, let's begin by uh, how we normally start these uh, conversations, uh, by just having each of you tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, maybe we'll begin with you, Deb, and then uh, Nancy and, and Larry. Uh, well, I, um, I'm a new professor, as you, as you mentioned, uh, to Rutgers uh, University transplant <laughs> um, from the West Coast. I was in the University of California system for a little over a decade, um, so I'm really excited to uh, join the faculty in gender and women's studies here at Rutgers. Um, so yeah, my background and uh, the, the in- research interests that I have are generally in Latino and Latina cultural productions. Um, you know, everything from sonic text to performance, aesthetics, um, and questions of cultural politics, um, and always with a feminist and, and queer lens. So it's a little bit about myself. So... Um, hello, everybody. I'm Nancy Mirabal, Raquel Mirabal, and I am, uh, I'm tired, but I'm associate professor <laughs> in American studies, and I'm directing the uh, Latina Latino Studies program here in uh, University of Maryland. And like, uh, like my colleague, Deb, I'm a new professor here at Maryland. I came about three years ago. I spent 18 years at San Francisco State University. And I am from Los Angeles, um, born and raised in Southeast LA. And so um, being a Cuban who was born in uh, Southeast LA kind of gave me a perspective of Cubanidad that was very different and also led me to to write the book that I did. Um, so um, hi again. Hi, DJ, or should I say, hi, Professor Gonzalez. Um, uh, so this is, this is Larry LaFontaine um, speaking to you from Ann Arbor, Michigan. I am originally from San Juan, Puerto Rico, uh, but I have been living uh, outside of Puerto Rico since 1986. And I've been here in Ann Arbor, actually, where uh, Nancy got her PhD in history. 
So I've been here since 2003. Uh, I, I was trained in Spanish. My PhD is in Spanish uh, from Columbia University. So I come to Latino studies from a very different perspective as a person who was trained in literary and cultural studies and has moved towards performance studies. Also as a person who envisioned themselves as a Latin Americanist and a Caribbeanist, or actually, if you ask me, I think of myself as a Puerto Ricanist. Um, but by virtue of the jobs that I've had, uh, at Ohio State and at Rutgers, where I taught for four years, and here now at the University of Michigan, where I've been for 15 years, um, I've really transitioned or moved into the field of Latina, Latino, or Latinx studies, which has been a really interesting process. And, and part of the book, uh, the exciting thing about the book was precisely the fact that Deb, Nancy, and myself are so different in terms of our, of our backgrounds, mm -hmm. of our professional training, and of what we do. Right, you know, and that's a segue into uh, discussing how this book came together, because that's what I, the first thing that jumped off at me when I was looking into everyone's uh, background is the different disciplinary training uh, that all three of you have. But that really, um, you know, highlights really what Latino studies is as a field. You know, it's incredibly dynamic and interdisciplinary. Uh, the departments are formed with people uh, from different trainings, different backgrounds, and increasingly so with those now, right, with PhDs in Latino studies or Chicano studies, things of that sort. Um, but it's a really type of dynamic field that brings uh, these multiple disciplines together. So if you will, in that spirit, um, can we talk about how this project came together? Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, it was a combination of things, uh, um, of conversations, but really the first initial conversation, um, if I can remember correctly, um, and, and Eric Zinner, you know, editor of NYU, will be able to confirm this, but I remember him uh, and I and Arlene Davila actually talk, uh, sitting down to talk about this at, I believe it was a, the LASA in Puerto Rico conference. Um, so that was the initial kind of idea. Um, he really... I wanted to have a conversation about, um, you know, what scholars in the field might, uh, you know, be interested and, you know, be the right people to take take this project on. Um, so we just kind of talk more broadly about the field of Latino studies. Um, he was really, really interested in having this project around keywords, um, you know, uh, follow. Uh, I think the, the correct me, Larry always has our, the good historical memory in our group, but, um, you know, it followed in the, 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 the publications of, um, I think keywords for cultural studies, American cultural studies might have been one of the first, right. And so there've been a number of different sort of, um, fields that have sort of followed in the keywords, you know, tradition or the genealogy of these keywords publications in NYU. And so this was another one that he was interested. Um, and so I think from there, we just had, you know, how would we approach this? You know, he asked me, you know, if you could, you know, kind of assemble a team, like what, what sort of things would you think about? And I think together, not just myself, but together in these conversations, there were a number of different conversations that followed that meeting, you know, we're about precisely the things that you mentioned, right? How do you even approach the field of Latino studies, this intellectual project that we call Latino studies. Um, and I think we really tried to, you know, combine and sort of like approaching him in terms of people who I thought would be really excellent. And I'm glad that they said yes, Larry and Nancy, um, <laughs> you know, um, or it was about that, trying to cover, you know, um, areas of expertise, right? We didn't just want someone with contemporary knowledge, for example, um, we wanted, to assemble a team that all three of us would represent, you know, um, uh, fields of, 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 you know, Cuban, Cuban American studies, Puerto Rican studies, um, 
you know, I, I came through um, uh, academia in Chicano studies and African-American studies, right? So, but also, um, you know, a team that would know that was active in the field, right? Because it, it's one thing to have scholars who who produce and who are in, t- in the intellectual conversation. It's another to, you know, to have people who actually know and are active and go to conferences, right? So y'all, uh, we also had to assemble a team who actually knew who's who's writing about what, right? And I think in our meetings, it really um, came through really strongly is that, you know, one of us, if not two of us, sometimes all three of us would know, right, different um, folks in different fields who were writing about you know, certain things that pertain to a keyword that had come up. So I think it was, you know, it's it's a lot to cover because the field is so dynamic, right? And then it's, it's changing all the time. Um, but I think we assembled a really good team that also had um, really strong intellectual history of these fields, you know, of Boricua studies, um, you know, um, the field of, of Cuban American scholarship, um, you know, Chicano studies, et cetera, you know, and then also, you know, Central American studies, right? There's also all these other new fields, right? So I think, um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I feel, you know, that we, we, I think, assembled a good team. I don't know, Larry, Nancy, if you guys wanted to add any more to so, to so, that. so yeah, sure. So, so as as your listeners just heard, so Eric Zinner, uh, editor at, at New York University Press, contacted Deb, and then Deb contacted Nancy and me. And sort of once we were uh, this team, we started working on organizing. First of all, what what were what would be the essays uh, mm-hmm. that we would want for a series in keywords? Because as Deb mentioned, um, our book is part of a series called Keywords. Um, the first book in that series was Keywords for American Cultural Studies, co-edited by Bruce Burgett and Glenn Hendler. That series also includes keywords for Asian American studies, keywords for disability studies, keywords for children's literature, keywords for environmental studies, and for media studies. And what's so particular about uh, the series is that a, a keyword essay is a very specific kind of essay, right? It is not an encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. It is it is not a textbook. It is not a regular scholarly article. It is somehow an essay that tries to account for the complexity of a word, its history, its multiple meanings. And, and in, in, in thinking about Latina, Latino, or Latinx studies, and in fact, that was a very interesting conversation because this, this book took a number of years to put together. And, and in, in, in the midst, in the middle of our process, yeah. the concept or the movement towards Latin really came across. And, and we, we were right, right in the middle and we had to have a very complex conversation and a nuanced conversation. Did we want to change? Or are we committed, invested to Latina, Latino studies, which, which is what we started? how we started uh, do we want to signal our our movement or our openness towards latinx studies and some of our authors do engage that uh, sheila contreras in her essay on chicanx or juana maria rodriguez in her essay on sexuality they chose to start to use the the new spellings and the new modality of the terms but this book required lots of meetings meetings on skype meetings in person. So we met in San Francisco. Nancy Raquel Mirabal hosted us at San Francisco State and in her home where we had a very intense work meeting to try to come up with the terms and with a list of people. 
Then uh, Deb Vargas organized a second meeting uh, in Los Angeles where we, we sat down to read all of the preliminary submissions that people had sent out so that we could send them feedback to try to explain the spirit of the book, the kind of conversations that we were trying to have. Because we were always envisioning that the 63 essays in this book are talking to each other. Mm -hmm. they, 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 are, they are building bridges, but sometimes they're setting up fights. So mm -hmm. because not <laughs> all of the authors agree. And yeah. that is amazing. I mean, of course, there is a certain uh, framework. Uh, all three of the co-editors are committed to ethnic studies, feminist and women's studies, critical race and ethnicity. I think all three of us really come from a, a, of a progressive academic perspective. So we do share certain interests. But at the same time, there, there are a multiplicity of viewpoints among those 65 people who committed and who actually turned in their essays. Because <laughs> it is fair to say that unfortunately, some of the people that we invited were not able to submit. Uh, so perhaps in the future, if we have the opportunity to have an expanded version of this book, there will be other complimentary essays. Also, really, qu really quickly, I wanted to just say quickly that, you know, Arlene Davila is the one that actually Eric had approached when we had this initial conversation. And she, she put, she was not able to accept the invitation for a number of reasons, but she, she placed, she, she really like turned to Eric and said, this is the person who you want to work with. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to thank her for that and for placing that, you know, that faith in, in what would become this project and this collaboration between the three of us. So I just wanted to mention Arlene Davila because she was there for the initial conversation. Um, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, so, and Arlene has an essay in the book, which is uh, yeah, which is really good. I think to add to what um, to what my colleague said, another point is that we really try to do with keywords, not only have a conversation, it's also to define the field. And that was very important for us because I, I think that even, um, we were just reading about El Congreso and how they're called to have uh, Latinx studies right at the universities in 1939. We're still struggling with the institutionaliz institutionalization of these departments and programs. And we still struggle with this idea that this is actually a viable field of study. And so I find that keywords happens to be that articulation for many scholars that feel that their work is actually viable. And so keywords becomes a way of having a conversation, of creating a field that so desperately needs to be um, an important part of um, not only academic study, but a public discourse as well. And um, so I think, and another one, just to add to what my colleague said, I think we also really were very deliberate um, and trying to find people who not only worked in this field, but sometimes people who didn't know anything about something and were willing to write about it from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. um, and that became very exciting to see someone write about who said, well, I don't know much about this, but I'm willing to go there with that. Mm -hmm. And I, the first person who I think of who really said, you know, I'm kind of worried about how big this field is, but I'll do it was Ana Patricia Rodriguez. And we asked her to write on literature. And that becomes this really huge particular topic that she was, I think, did a beautiful job in kind of seeing what does literature mean in the field of uh, Latina, Latino studies, right? Latinx studies. Yeah. So, um, so that's another part that, that oftentimes uh, it was a very creative process as well. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, just to add to, to what both what Nancy and Larry said, I think, um, you know, having these keywords not be 
these closed definitions, right? They, they weren't meant to say, okay, here's sort of the, you know, the fixed definition of literature, right? But, but rather, here's a term and an essay that is basically asking you, you know, as an invitation to do something with that term, right? And that's why I think the keywords books are very, um, they've been, you know, very productive in the classroom from what we've heard, you know, from people. And I know all of us teach teach uh, the variety of different keywords uh, in different classes. But I think um, Nancy just reminded me of that of that point. And I think Ana Patricia is a great example because she, you know, she comes, um, she approach she approaches the work as the word literature as a Central Americanist, you know. And so, you know, I think it was also really important to not just say, okay, literature, what are the biggest sort of longest right engagements with literature, right? We could have gone to something like, you know, a, a, a Chicano literary scholar, right? Or, or but it was really important for us, as Nancy said, to have these terms be engaged, right, through a different entry point, right? And I think, um, yeah, just to, just to add to that. And and I, I would expand to say that uh, we were really inspired by the work of Raymond Williams in, in his foundational book on keywords, as really seeing keywords as the exploration of, of a term in terms of its history, its complexity, and its multiple significations. And, and, and in that sense, the fact that this book is part of a series that was uh, pioneered or started by Bruce Burgett and Glenn Hendler with a really productive book, The Keywords for American Cultural Studies. I, I had taught that book um, several times in intro to graduate studies courses and students really benefited. So, so this book does have a, a pedagogical function or educational function. It really envisions these short, uh, relatively short, you know, the the, the the essays are no longer than 2,000 words each. They are short, uh, hopefully accessible essays that can be read by a person inside or outside of academia that will engage a field that suggests a bibliography, that summarize debates, and that lead people to uh, other references. Yeah. So that, for example, if you're really excited about empire, or exile, or transnationalism, or white, you know, each one of these keywords essays will sort of give you a sense of, of where is the discussion. The interesting things is that some of these different volumes uh, have the same keywords. So you can see, you, you can see how, 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 are, how is gender or sexuality uh, relevant in American studies, in Asian American studies, in disability studies, mm -hmm. etc. Uh, but some of those terms are very particular. And, and that was also a very interesting process. So, for example, deciding that we wanted maquiladora or rascuache, barrio which are really terms that are most relevant to, to Latinx or Latina, Latino studies. And you probably would not find that keyword in, in, in the volume for another field. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I, you've mentioned a lot of things that I think are really helpful. I mean, first, you know, the, the breadth of these essays is, you know, really, um, I think, incredible. Again, 63 essays, 65 contributors. I mean, just saying that, shook me when I, when I thought of how much work it probably took to put this together, particularly after I read it. Because initially, my thought when I got it was like, oh, as uh, Larry corrected, right, it is not an encyclopedia uh, type reference work. When I read this thing, uh, a few of the entries, I was just amazed at the depth of the theory and the you know discussion of theory and methodology, both 
a sense of right the the you know the the historical part of it right and what you know I'm trained as a historian right so the historiography of well right the background of the the great right pieces but then also the really fresh ideas and that is what blew my mind in ways you know that you have sixty three of these essays that do that same thing right and you see the specialty that comes in from each person but at the same time it's that struggle of you know the, between the you know, the, the specialty of the individual and then, you know, the breadth of the field in giving a sense of what it's been, this keyword, here's my lens, right, going into this word on politics or media, and that lens is Latino studies, right? What this means, how this works, how it's been written about and argued and debated in Latino studies. Yeah, and right. I, I think I think that that's what makes the this volume uh, special, is that you're absolutely right in that as, as Larry and Deb mentioned, oftentimes, so I, I'm a historian and I worked mostly with African-American historians. There was no such thing as a, as a Latinx historian when I was going to graduate school. We were really, in many ways, creating this field. And so what you have is a lot of scholars who are in that place where they might be the only person, for instance, in their department who does this work, or they might be the one person in their field who does this work. And so they have, I think, the beauty of multiplicity. On the one hand, they can tell us about the field, but also what does that field look like if you use the lens of Latinx studies? Mm-hmm. What makes it particular? Why is this? Why is this? Why is race, for instance, which can be in any kind of keywords? But what makes it particular to uh, to to our field, to Latinx studies? What are some of the points that we should consider? And so, I think that a lot of um, the contributors, I, I agree, did a really beautiful job of not only laying out the field, but telling us why it is important for us to know this and how it's important for us. Um, you can see that with race, you can see that with white, you can see that with empire, with diaspora, any of these things that I think what makes them special is how do they speak to our field and how has our field either changed and challenged those terms and expanded them? Yeah. And I would add to that is I think that that's what's uh, amazing. You know, um, I won't embarrass this person by saying her name because I didn't ask permission, but I, I remember this um, friend, colleague of mine said, you know, how did you assemble all of these scholars in this book, you know, because they're really, um, you know, we would say they're, they're stellar. You know what I mean? How did you get all of these folks to say yes? And I think, I'm not sure why, you know, maybe we asked politely. But, 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 I, can, right but <laughs> I can say it was really hard. It, it was hard, but, but, but they said yes, you know? Oh, so, no, but yeah. it was, it, 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 this, this book was really a labor of love. Yeah, it was a labor and, of and, love. And, and there is something extraordinary yeah. about the yeah. fact that, that the stars came together yeah, and aligned <laughs> to allow us to get 65 people to submit right. a 63 essays right. and, you know, to, to, to have the book come out. And and now the book is in a different stage, right? Now right. We, we, we have done our our work as as the ones who curated, uh, who generated, who brought together all of these people and, and nurtured them the process of generating these essays. But of course now the book has a life of its own. Right. So now it's going to be really fascinating to see how it moves in the world, how students, a faculty, general readers interact with it and the type of interventions that the book does have a, a politics. It, it really it is proposing that it is fundamental to understand the diversity and multiplicity of Latino, Latina, Latinx experience in the United States, 
that it is crucial to understand this gendered, sexualized, and class dimensions that the arts and culture, media, technology, politics are really central to that. That somehow you have to, you have to, to do Latino studies is hard because you have to know so much. That this book is kind of, it's like a little crash course. It, it, it just really puts you, it throws you in the middle of where is the field that very much marked by decolonial theory. So, for example, we have people like Maria Lugones and, uh, and, and others, Jose Aranda, Nelson Maldonado, who, who really come to Latino studies from decoloniality. So I personally find that very exciting. We have several Dominicanists. So Silvio Torres Sayan, Ramona Hernandez, Gineta Candelario, who sort of highlight the specificity of Dominican experience in the United States. We have several Central Americanists or Central American Americanists who are trying to position uh, the centrality or the role of Central American migration. And all of that in conversation with those historic fields of Chicano Boricua, uh, Cuban American. So somehow to acknowledge the very long history and complex processes that led to what we now consider the ever-evolving and changing field of Latinx studies. And so this book is part of it. This book is part of a much broader movement of other books that are similar, but different to it. It, it is related to the, the things that we do at professional conferences, such as the Latina Latino Studies Association, which will be having its biannual, or bi, sorry, biennial meeting of this summer in Washington, D.C., which many people are working very hard to organize. We, we see our book in, in dialogue with other keyword books. Uh, so Paul Allison had one, Yolanda Martinez San Miguel, Ben Cifuentes, and Marisa Velaustegui Goitia have a key terms book. But you know, everybody does different things. They have done different things. And our, our book uh, is making a very forceful, hopefully, intervention in those conversations. I can certainly see that. I can see, I mean, just um, automatically, I wish this book would have been available. Let's see, when did I start my graduate program? When, when 2011, or even when I was an undergrad, right? When I mean, so many of these terms, um, you know, I remember trying to look them up in ways to try to see, okay, I know how it's maybe defined in a generic way, but how does a field, whether it's ethnic studies or Latino, Chicano, uh, Latina, Chicana studies, right? Um, how does it view it, right? And how is the, what debates have generated from this? And so this really creates that, as you've mentioned, it's, it's like in both ways, I see it as a primer, like a wonderful introduction for a lot of people, but also as a key reference as like, here's a base, a good standard base of knowledge. And, and this is a field while acknowledging that this is a field that is very generative and is very open to being pushed and challenged, right? About, um, if we want to say, you know, core concepts or core ideas, you know, those are always in flux in a field like this, right? And that's really, you know, displayed, uh, you know, in this book, in this work. Yeah, one thing to add to that, you know, DJ, too, is the, you know, this is an interdisciplinary project, right, so, as the field is and as the field is a project, because, you know, um, I think the authors, you know, all had to have that sort of, um you know, that I, right, that intellectual kind of like vision in, in, in terms of engaging the term, right, that they were invited to engage. Um, and that is to say that, you know, we did try to get a good, 
uh, mix, right, of different fields, history, political science, performance studies. Um, but, e you know, even authors who came through those fields, right, maybe through their graduate study, were all interdisciplinary scholars, right? And, and part of this speaks to the project as being, as many of us have said in a number of different ways, right, not this sort of fixed um, encyclopedia or dictionary, right, of terms, but, um, and I think that, you know, you described this earlier, they're very open, right, to a variety of different engagements. So I can see students or, you know, or different scholars reading a term and understanding it and getting something out of it in, you know, five different ways, right, or 10 different ways. And that's really um, also the, the powerful thing about um, an interdisciplinary project. So, um, you know, just, just wanted to add to that as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so. And, and, and the book the book has its limitations. Uh, people will notice the absence of certain words. Uh, some of those absences are more painful than others and more unfortunate. Um, hopefully this book will will motivate people to want to write their own keywords or alternative keyword because there's many different ways to tell these stories. Uh, so, so that's why the possibility of possibly doing an expansion of this book in the future, whether it's online or in print, is exciting. Mm -hmm. Certainly. You know, I also want to give us a time, uh, and I know we're going to run short on it in, in some ways, but to talk about, we've talked about some of the uses, I mean, my own wishes of having a book like this. I mean, there's there's clear uses for the classroom, but what other type of um, uses do you, do you imagine, you know, for this, uh, a work like this, uh, both in and outside of, uh, you know, academia? Um, so I think that I wanted to add that, um, you know, we also had a, um, a release party for this book. And it sold out. And I think that when we had the release party and it sold out, I think it brought to bear just how important this volume is to so many people. I think we were shocked. I think the press was shocked that it would sell out as quickly as it did. Um, and so for me, as I was thinking about those questions, is what really is the point of this work outside of academia? And I think that the point of this work is that it brings community and it builds community because it, it, it's a beginning. It's a conversation of what we all have in common, right, to initiate that conversation. And so the way that I saw keywords is someone who's worked in for many, many years in community organizations and in terms of like, questions of social justice and, and um, scholar activism, as my colleagues on the book all are definitely involved in is it hopefully it would build bridges not only outside of the academia institution but to other organizations to other institutions i'm also thinking of cultural productions of performance there's so many arenas where we are um, having these conversations and these dialogues that hopefully the book can travel outside of academia do its work in academia but also travel outside of academia so I don't know, maybe someone who's a performance artist looking at the book and saying, wow, this is a really exciting take on um, on poetry or performance or empire. And it kind of opened my mind. And I think I want to go there. And and I mean, let's face it, we, we are living in Donald Trump's America Absolutely. or, or in a, 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 you know, or a country that is being overrun by anti-immigrant white supremacists. Uh, so, and this was highlighted to us uh, by people who read our introduction and really encouraged us to be more explicit into acknowledging what, what it is that we're really doing. Um, we, we are waging, so to speak, a war. It, mm -hmm. it is a war uh, of, against, the, we are the victims, or we, Latinos are being attacked, right and left. Uh, it has never been more crucial 
for people to know about Latinos and Latinas and Latinx, and not only that, but to have the conceptual and theoretical tools to be able to dismantle racist, xenophobic, misogynist, homophobic speech. Knowledge is power. That is a cliche, but it is the truth. And by assembling a book that really has like all of these extraordinary voices, you know, people who have really committed uh, their careers uh, to understanding. If you think of Ana Celia Centella trying to understand Latino language and the phenomenon of Spanglish, Spanglish bashing, prejudice against Spanglish. If you think of Patricia Sabella and her insights about poverty and, and class inequality, you know, this book is, is radical and revolutionary. Of course, it's also just a book. Uh, but, but, it, <laughs> but it has lots of potential. It has the potential to generate those conversations whether it is inside or outside of the classroom. Yeah. As you were talking, Larry, I thought I started to see the book, the book start to levitate. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, just to quickly follow up on Larry, I think, you know, these terms that he just mentioned, conversation, translation, these were at the very heart of, like, our, our working culture, right? When we got together, we had to sort of translate many things across fields, right, and across uh, languages and terms to each other, right? So I think that... Um, you know, that spirit of, of, of being in the work, right, and actually opening up conversations, right, ha I think um, is one of the things that um, represents enormous potential um, of, of the book. And I think you mentioned this earlier, DJ, and sort of reading some of these different entries and how, how in some ways they talk to each other, or as, La or as Larry said, sometimes they clash against one another, right? And that's the reality of really um, doing sort of a lot of this political work, right? Even in, in addressing many of these issues around um, attacks and xenophobia and um, everything else, gentrification, et cetera, right? Is um, the conversations and, and the work that needs to be done. So I think that even in our own working group, the three of us, right? We, we often had, you know, we had a lot of fun, enormous amount of fun, but we also had, you know, some really intense, um, difficult, conversations. And I say difficult in a very productive way, you know, respectful conversations, but, um, but it, it, it really symbolized really um, in many ways, the field, right. And the transformations in the field um, and how the field, you know, will um, perhaps, right. Ideally um, be part of that conversation of what's going on, you know, in, in the rest of the world as, as Larry was, was alluding to, right. But, um, but translation, conversation, debate, right? All of that is needed. And that was actually a lot of what we did in our own work to put these essays together. And I just, I wanted to add, we did two things. Um, one is we were really committed to the keywords being approachable so that anybody can pick up the book and read it. And then number two, um, which we haven't mentioned and just kind of, I just realized this as, as my colleagues were talking, um, we also have an intergenerational conversation. So we have young scholars like Josh, Guzman, um, with older scholars like Jerry Boyo, um, Pat Savella, and, and senior scholars who have really created the field and, and opened the field to so many with younger scholars coming in and saying, this is great. And now this is what I think about what's going on. So we did have an intergenerational conversation. It wasn't, and we were very conscious of that to make sure we had as many different voices as possible. 
You know, I know we are short on time, particularly uh, for Nancy, who I know you got a class to run off to. But I did want to give you a chance before you had to jet, uh, Nancy, and then we'll go reverse order, perhaps, um, to tell us maybe a little bit of what else you're working on now. It's how we typically like to end these conversations. Um, uh, any new projects or just what's keeping you busy? Aside from teaching, you know, aside from being a professor, oh, right? Gosh, yes, <laughs> uh, and, and directing programs. Um of a community, as Larry says, that it's under siege. So we're, we're and I'm in, and I live in Washington D.C. Though, so that should tell you, uh, uh, kind of what's going on. Um, so I'm just busy with uh, my other book came out at the same time as Keywords, which was Suspect Freedoms, and so um, I've been um, t- discussing that book and doing presentations on that book. And I think the uh, the next project that I'm working on is really about. I'm just kind of thinking about like dissonant archives, gentrification, space, and, and Latinx community. So um, is work that I'm, I'm thinking about at this point. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave. We'll okay. let you step out. I know we know you got to run. Bye, Nancy. Thank you. Bye, Nancy. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for your patience. You're welcome. So should right, I go so next? We want to go. Um, how about you, Larry? Sure. Right. sure. Um, so, well, I am proud to share that I published a book yesterday in Puerto Rico. Wow, Larry! <laughs> All right, Larry! That's great. Um, it is called Escenas Transcaribeñas, Ensayo Sobre Teatro, Performance y Política. So it is a book uh, about Caribbean and Puerto Rican theater, performance, and culture. It is uh, it is an assembly of 20 years worth of theater reviews that I have published uh, online or in newspapers in Puerto Rico in Spanish, and and for me uh, the importance or the intervention of that book is 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 making my work available in Spanish uh, in Puerto Rico and in Latin America uh, to people who who don't necessarily read English or prefer not to read English. So, so I've been doing that. And then I, I'm also in the process of finishing uh, a book uh, on Puerto Rican drag and trans performance called Translocas, Diasporic Puerto Rican Drag Performance. And, and that is very much about um, uh, specific Puerto Rican artists in the Caribbean archipelago and in the United States who have been engaging in drag and trans performance uh, for different ends. So I'm very much hoping that that book will be completed this year and will be able to be published in 2019. Wow, that's amazing. That's congratulations, Larry. Um, Thank you. So let's see. Well, uh, you know, what I started with was, you know, I'm trying to adjust to the East Coast, <laughs> the bitter cold. So that's number one on my list. Uh, uh, but that's been, you know, really exciting and uh, 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 a learning um you know, high learning curve when it comes to adjusting uh, to, to the East Coast, but really excited to be out here. Um, and to really, I think, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to how my work, you know, is engaged and in a different region and different um, by uh, other scholars that I don't, I didn't have as much access to, you know, it, it personally as I did, you know, being out on the West Coast. So I'm really looking forward um, to that, among other things. I'm also a fairly new parent of a almost two-year-old. So when I'm not too sleep sleep deprived, um, I have a couple of works that uh, books that I'm working on. One um, has to do with uh, a notion of suciedad or kind of thinking about um, queer socialities and questions of irreverence and um, the nasty and uh, uh, et cetera in terms of aesthetics and other sorts of um, 
performance texts. Um, and then the other second book project, which I'm actually have my hands on right now, this is most current, um, is on uh, a notion of what I call brown soul. So um, basically looking at the question of blackness um, and African descendancy um, with regards to the performance and production of Chicanidad. So basically blackness and the field of Chicano studies. That's my next book project. Again, you know, I just think uh, each of you, and Nancy's already gone, but uh, uh, for you two as well, for first of all, putting this together, I mean, what a, a remarkable uh, amount of work. It doesn't surprise me. I think you said it took 10 years. Is that right? It's, uh, I think, wow, that is, that sounds like a long time, but when you, you. I think we should count it in dog years. What is it? Like, <laughs> no, this book took about four years, four or five we'll count years. Count it in dog years, which is 27 or something. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> certainly the, you can see the, the great amount of work that went into it. So, um, you know, congratulations on, on it. And I'm sure it's going to, you know, just do a lot of great work in and out of the classroom. Yeah, well, we appreciate you taking time, DJ. Thank you so much. I know Eric and the um, folks at NYU will be very happy um, that we got to do this interview with you because I think it really highlights a lot of our process and, and the work. So thank you for taking time. And it was great seeing you, Larry. Hey, I know we so, got so used to uh, seeing each other and being in contact that we were going with through a bit of withdrawal after it was all. <laughs> I know. Although, so so thank you so much, DJ. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. Um, and it's also been really fun. We we just did Google Hangouts, uh, <laughs> having done a Skype for so many years as part of the process. So trying a new technological uh, format, a new platform, has been really fun. So, so thank you for all of your podcasts that, that really share the news and, and the information about such valuable new books in our field. Certainly. Thanks again for tuning in to New Books in Latino Studies. I'm David James Gonzalez, the host of the podcast, and I hope you've enjoyed my conversation today as I really did uh, in speaking with Deborah Vargas, Nancy Raquel Mirabal, and Lawrence Lafatane Stokes, editors of Keywords for Latino Studies, recently published by New York University Press in 2017. As always, I invite you to please uh, check out our social media feeds, both in Twitter and uh, Facebook, particularly for New Books Network. Please like, share, and comment. We really appreciate it. Thank you.